So with that, enough talk from me. I'd like to get uh, Don to come up and share a real-world example of what he experienced when he moved from Microsoft to Google and what did Google do uh, to uh, actually change the game on apps. And, and think about this just as I introduced Don. Microsoft dominated with a multi-billion dollar, highly profitable business, the uh, apps arena with Office for a long, long time. So what was the core of their value? Anybody? No, this, is, this is Microsoft, software. Software, yeah. That was clearly software. They weren't trying to monetize anything else. So what do you do to come along and compete with that? Over to you, Don. Thank you. Um, I want to start by saying this guy over here asked a brilliant question. To remind you, he said, well, Michael was describing the business model that they used at Symantec, and he said, well, why can't they just copy that? Well, that's a, that's a very interesting question. Because you have to be, when you're in a business like this, you have to be disruptive in three areas. Technology, business model, and market position. Those are the three levers that you can pull. You have to assume that technology, any technology can be replicated within a short period of time, months to years, any technology. So that's easy. I mean, that's what technology companies do, develop technology. So start there. Assume that any technical advantage that you have is very short-lived and your competitors will copy it. So that leaves you business models and market position. So why can't you copy those things? Well, the reason is it becomes part of your DNA. It it's the way that you do business. It's how you hire people. It's your cost structure. It's the way that you communicate to the market. Your market position is very, very difficult to change. So we're going to get into that a little deeper in a few minutes. We're going to compare Apple and Google and Microsoft. Apple, Google, and Microsoft compete in many areas. And they're all very big, powerful companies, but they compete in very different ways. The technologies are about the same, or one leapfrogs the other, but they generally are in the same category. So why is one more successful than the other? It's because of their business models and their market positions. So we'll get into that in a minute. Now. Um, Google Apps versus Microsoft Office. Office is the dominant product. It, it's hard to imagine now, but five years ago, 10 years ago, it was Office. If you did Microsoft Word, Microsoft Office, Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint, they dominated. There was no competition at all. So how do you compete with a competitor that has 90% of the market, 100% of the market? Well. First thing is, don't compete head-on. And I'll get into what that means in a minute, but that seems obvious, right? Don't compete head-on. You're going to lose. So don't do that. Uh, Microsoft Office was the enterprise market. Okay? Everyone in business used Microsoft Office. So what did Google Apps do? Went in the opposite direction. So let's start with consumers. Let's start with home users. Don't compete head-on in the enterprise. We'll lose. So they started in a different position. Uh, free, that's always great. Free versus paying $500 for Microsoft Office. So that's a way to compete. 
And is Microsoft going to come down to free? No, they aren't. Hey, Don, just a key point on that. Microsoft probably didn't have the technology to do what Google did at the point, because at that point, you had an ability to host it right. on existing infrastructure. You want to just talk about that? Because often startups are trying to figure out how could I compete? How could I do something like offer a free version? Actually, it's not that hard. Oh, here's another key point. Startups can pivot and change and, and change their DNA very, very quickly. Big companies can't. Apple cannot change the way that they do business. Microsoft cannot change the way that they do business. Startups can. So we'll get to that a little later when we compare how Microsoft and Google and Apple are approaching the smartphone market, or how they're approaching the browser market, or how they're approaching the search market. And you'll see how the technologies, yeah, they can compete on technologies and get pretty close. But when it comes to the business model and the market approach, they cannot change their core. Startups can. So any startup can sort of shift directions and change. Big companies can't. Um, free versus the $500 license, okay? So that's a sort of a, a business model approach. And it's free as in freemium, right? It's free to use for a certain number of users or for a certain level, but then you pay premiums to get extra services and extra things. Uh, simple versus complicated. When I worked at Microsoft, uh, we analyzed Office, and the reality is that most users only use about five to 10% of the features in Office. But there are markets that care about every one of those features. So, Office is gigantic and it has thousands of features that most of you have probably not used, but there are customers out there who pay a lot of money for one or two features that they care about. So f being simple versus complicated, that was one of the advantages that Google Apps had. Uh, lastly, the 80% solution. So just make it easy. Do the 80% solution versus the, the big thing. So that was... Uh, one of the big ways that Microsoft, oh, not Microsoft, Google competed. I worked for Microsoft for many years, so sometimes it slips, and I, I still think I'm there. Okay, so how do you compete with a market leader that has 80 or 90% of the market? How can you do that? It, it's a tough, tough thing to do. So, rule number one, do not compete head on. Find a way to go around them. Uh, we're at Harvard. Clayton Christensen wrote The Innovator's Dilemma. How many people have read The Innovator's Dilemma? Okay. There are two books in my entire life, my business life, that had a major impact on me. Innovator's Dilemma is number one. You must read that book. If I was in business school, it would be a requirement that you read The Innovator's Dilemma. It's the most fascinating business book I've ever read. Basically what it says is it, it looks at why do large companies fail to adopt innovation? Why do these tiny little startups come in and disrupt big companies? I won't spoil the book for you, you should read it, but it's amazing and it happens over and over and over again. So one of the key points of the innovator's dilemma is start at the low end. Be disruptive. 
be disruptive in technology, in market position, and in business model. Go for the low end because the, the big companies, the big market share companies, they're going to move up upscale. They're going to try to be more expensive product, higher margin, and they'll ignore the low end. The second book that I read, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore, that gets at the second one about going for the low end, get your beachhead on the low end, and then build up, 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 keep creeping up, up, up market. And sooner or later, those big guys, you've squeezed them out. So that's the approach of Google Apps. Start on the low end and then work your way up. Don't compete head on. Start with consumers. So with Google Apps, it was start with consumers, then go to schools, universities, because they don't have any money so, and they still need products. Then go to local governments, because local governments, they need spreadsheets and word processors and they need all this stuff, but they can't afford to pay. Then go to small and medium businesses. And lastly, go to the enterprise. Because once you've proven yourself through all of those markets, you're constantly, see what's happening? You're moving up market every time. And eventually you get to the enterprise. And by that time, the incumbent can't respond. They're stuck. They don't see it coming. I'll jump in on this one to, to, uh, to sort of start us off. So just to summarize on that last point, I think the key thing that Don was doing there was giving you a sense of how even a big company like Google comes in and recognizes you can't just compete head on. And so they actually use their competitive advantage of having everything on the web to say, we'll give this away for free, get the users actually working with us even from the lowest level. And then they've added more and more functionality and of course added more and more uh, value that could ultimately be charged for. And that's been hugely disruptive. So then a lot of people, when I was putting this case study together, said, yeah, but the current example that's more interesting is mobile. So we added this in. So even though we're a little bit over time, we'll, we'll jump in with this. What's interesting about this is that there's a lot more players than just Apple and Google in this ecosystem. There's actually the handset manufacturers, and there's also the carriers uh, and so forth. But there's a massive battle going on between Apple and, and Google, obviously, for what is the you know, consumer usage of the ultimate device, whether it's a tablet or a smartphone, et cetera. So Don, how can Google win this one? And I mean, I know this is playing out in real time, so um, yeah. maybe just flip us to the next slide and give us some of the things that, that some of the pointers. Probably around 60, 60% Android and less than 30% iPhone. And it's going the other direction. So Android is growing, iPhone is declining, and Microsoft and Nokia and all those others are struggling for whatever's left. So who is winning? Well, I think it depends on how you define winning. So is it possible that both Android and iPhone are winning, do you think? Yeah, it is, because we're playing different games. This gets back to your question about why can't companies change. When you look at Apple, what does Apple do? Hardware, software, integration. They sell a premium product and they control everything. That's what they did with the Mac, that's what they did with the iPod, and that's what they did with the iPhone. So they, that's what they do. That's their core. What does Microsoft do? Microsoft licenses technology. They license an operating system. 
That's what they have done forever. So when it comes to the smartphone market, what do they do? They license Windows to smartphone manufacturers because that's what they do. Okay, so Apple does a totally consolidated thing. Microsoft says, okay, I'm going to license the operating system. What does Google do? Well, we have to be disruptive. We can't do what Apple does, and we can't do what Microsoft does. So we do, and if you go back and look at Google from the very early days, with search, what did we do? We were disruptive with technology, and we were disruptive with the business model. There were 10 or 15 search engines before Google even started. It was a mature market. But Google disrupted with technology, the back-end stuff, the nitty-gritty stuff that most people can't see, and with the market. They introduced an ad system that no one else had. And it really, what made Google successful was the ad system. It wasn't really search, because search can be replicated and look pretty much the same. It was the business model and the approach to the market. So when it comes to the smartphone market, what did we do? We gave away the operating system for free, because that's what we do. That's our DNA. We give things away. We give search away. We give Chrome away. We give Gmail away. We give Android away. But our core business model is advertising. So Apple's core business model is consolidated hardware and software, high margins, make money on hardware. Google's core DNA is give away the service and make it on advertising. That's what we do. So you see how it, it goes through what Microsoft does, what Google does, and what Apple does. The smartphone market, it's the same. If you look at the iPhone and the Android phone and the Windows phone, the new one, they're pretty much the same. But three completely different approaches to market three completely different business models. And that's where we compete. So that's very helpful. Thank you very much indeed. Does anybody have any questions on that? I think um, we should thank Don for bringing into focus two very, very real examples, uh, both of which are entirely dependent on the business model. Any questions for Don? He'll be around this evening. Go ahead. So this idea that it's based on advertising, how does that change like in the future as it's going to be more like a race to the bottom? Because advertise in so many different places and it becomes so cheap to advertise online. Like, does that change for Google? Um, scale matters in advertising. And uh, Google has scale that if you look at Microsoft versus Google in the area of search, Bing versus Google search, you could argue that the technology is pretty close, but the business models aren't. We have scale that Microsoft doesn't have and can't have, so it makes it work. When it comes to mobile, Advertising on mobile is going to be different. When it came to search, uh, you're probably too young to remember this, but I used to work at Alta Vista, and we had these display ads and these blinking GIFs and all this crazy stuff. That's what advertising was until Google came along and changed it and made it profitable. You'll see the same thing happen in mobile. Mobile advertising is going to be completely different than the advertising that you see on the web. So it's not a declining market. It's not a race to the bottom. Uh, there's going to be innovation there that's unbelievable. I was wondering about the 
patent battles between Apple and the Android manufacturers, particularly with the settlement, I believe, with HTC this week, which would seem to indicate that Apple is moving almost more in the Windows-like direction of licensing their technology. What impact do you think that's going to have in light of your discussion? I have nothing to say about patents. Uh, no, not about the patents I'm talking about. The business model, essentially. Let me take a shot at it. I, th I think there's a very different thing than you think going on there. What's actually going on is they're still protecting their IP quite strongly. So they're still placing huge value on their software where that's not what Google's doing. Google's saying you can have that software free. The Android operating system is an open source platform. And the fact that HTC settled, but not for nothing, just to be clear, but for obviously a license fee that is per phone, or actually I don't think we know the full details of it yet, it still says that the model hasn't changed, is that Apple's very much defending it. Right, so the model won't change. The only thing I'll say about patents is that this game is far from over. There's more to be done. Thank you, Don. So for those of you who want to get a hold of Don, uh, we'll make sure his slides are up, and he has some more depth behind that on the site too, but he's uh, dondodge at google.com. <laughs>